Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of the Legal 500's Corporate Conversations. I'm Alan Cohen, I'm a research editor at the Legal 500 and I invite you to watch my conversation with Natalia Liza, who's a general counsel and a compliance officer at Nestle, Ukraine and Moldova. In this episode, the second of our series on the work of GCs in Ukraine, Natalia talks about the resilience of her uh, compatriots and colleagues. She tells us how the Ukrainian legal industry has been operating since the Russian invasion was launched. Natalia, welcome and thank you very much for being with us. Uh, you have accepted to talk about what your job as a GC has been like since the Russian invasion of Ukraine was launched. But uh, if I can just start by asking you uh, whether you are currently in Ukraine and how you're doing personally. Thank you so much, Alan. And first of all, thank you for inviting me for this conversation. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I am currently in Ukraine, in Kyiv. This is a place of my power. Uh, this is uh, the place where I can be the most effective in all means. Uh, I am fine. Also, of course, I do feel like all Ukrainians feel now. I do feel incredible pain for what's happening here, for what uh, Russian forces are doing here, for all these crimes they are committing. However, I am working from home. So uh, we are used uh, in COVID, we, we, we learned how to work from home, so it's totally okay. From time to time, we have to go to the bomb shelter. Sometimes it's uh, once a day, sometimes few times a day, but also comparing to those families and kids who are sitting, hiding in bomb shelter already for more than 50 days in Mariupol, well, I'm totally, totally fine. My family is safe. My team is safe. So I am okay. Thank you so much for asking. Well, really glad to hear that, uh, Natalia. And thank you for thank you for sharing this. Um, in, in terms of uh, in terms of your role, uh, can I ask how does a GC work in the middle of a war, uh, if if possible at all? And what does your typical day at work look like since the war started? You, you know, you mentioned working from home and being interrupted unfortunately, by, uh, uh, by um, sirens. But um, so, yeah, how, how do you does your typical day at work look like? Well, the uh, day doesn't uh, start with coffee anymore. So it starts with uh, safety call three when I uh, connect to all my team members and I'm asking if everybody is okay, everybody is alive, everybody is safe. Uh, then, of course, we immediately jump to uh, our work, beginning with update on the war and with uh, checking all the news, what has happened during the night and uh, uh, what can we expect uh, later today. We didn't stop working any single day. Any, we did not have any break uh, beginning with the first day of war, was 24th of uh, February. I don't complain. This is a choice, of course, and we are happy to be needed. We are happy to, to contribute uh, to our common uh, objectives and target, targets uh, in this situation. We, of course, first day of the war, it was shock. So we really uh, started to run in a way. You know, some people mm, got evacuated 
we closed factories immediately at the first day of the war. We closed our distribution centers. We closed uh, offices. Then uh, we, as a first uh, priority, we had to ensure people's safety. So we started to connect each other and check who is where and uh, whether we are safe or not. Then a bit late, a few days late, uh, probably we started our donations activity, our humanitarian aid. We are producing food and this is the first need of people always in war or in peaceful times. So we uh, initiated a lot, a lot of activities in donations. And you can imagine the role of general counsel is important here to ensure compliance because you know, regular compliance is not working during the war. All policies we have uh, in all companies, all procedures, they are built in and for peaceful time. And in the war time, you have to adjust uh, your way of working, you have to adjust your style. So we had to um, invent new ways of working, uh, effective enough to, to do what we had to do in war, but also strong enough to ensure compliance even in this uh, situation. Yeah, I've got so, questions about, about compliance, so we can we can come back to this a bit later uh, if you mm -hmm. want. But yeah, sorry for interrupting. Please, please continue. <clears throat> Good. So then we uh, gradually shifted to uh, doing operations or managing business in the war. Because again, we have to supply products to shops. We have to deliver products to our consumers. So now we continue with all these streams, people safety, donations, and also operations. And by form, the day looks like uh, before. It's again, meetings, discussions, work with documents, but by content, it's totally different, of course. But I am happy that we legal team, legal and compliance team, we are very much engaged in all business activities and social activities as well. Right, that's, that's really interesting, that's excellent. Uh, you, you've mentioned your team, you know, can you present a bit, like, you know, your Nestle Ukraine legal teams, tell us about your people's background and, you know, tell us whether they all come from Ukraine. So now uh, when presenting the team, I start with the fact that they are all Ukrainians. And I'm proud really to say this. And this is having different meaning to all of us now. So they are Ukrainians, which means they are brave, they are passionate, they are strong, and they are incredibly resilient. So this is uh, the team I'm honored uh, to work with. We are all together 13 people in Ukraine. We are all based in Ukraine and we stay in Ukraine during the war time as well. We are diverse in many meanings, you know, starting with age, uh, gender, uh, experience and so on and so forth. But we are all so much united now with our commitment to Ukraine, to our company, to our team. So that's really the dream team, which uh, we could not even dream, uh, we could not even imagine before. That's really good to hear, Natalia. Uh, you, you touched a bit upon this, but, um, you know, has the war prompted you to, to make any adjustments in terms of how you work, you know, yourself and your team? And um, I know that the role of GC evolves often, but 
How uh, has the war changed your role specifically? Mm -hmm. um, naturally, uh, some, our, some of our projects uh, were halted due to the war. Of course, something is not anymore valid, not anymore actual. But many projects are still valid. For instance, uh, you can imagine, we uh, can not now uh, sign documents, sign contracts as we did before. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so we have to speed up with our project related to electronic signature implementation. Sure. Then uh, before the war, we have started a very, very nice project. It's my favorite baby, to be honest. That was the contract management project uh, in which we, we had to digitalize the full cycle of contract management, beginning with creation, drafting of the contract, and then ending with archiving and execution. So uh, we started this project. Uh, it means also to uh, to introduce new contract policy, and this is valid uh, project now as well. So we continue this. Uh, some courts uh, postponed uh, litigations, postponed hearings, but some courts continue to work, and we have to continue to defend our company rights there. Uh, some. Uh, our factories are continuing to work. So we, at this moment in Ukraine, uh, out of three factories, we have only one which is not working. This factory right. is based in Kharkiv. The rest are working. So business is working and we have really a lot, a lot of um, requests for legal advice, especially considering that legal advice is totally different now. We are living in martial law and a lot of new legislative uh, initiatives uh, we have. So we have to look at all things from totally different standpoint. So we cannot rely on the knowledge of the law as, as we had before. So uh, what is also different probably that now, nowadays, everything is urgent and really urgent. Not like before, it's uh, urgent, please do, uh, but really, really urgent. So uh, we cannot now um, say that something we will do next week, next month, or after some, I don't know, holidays or break or Easter. No, if something must be done, it must be now done now, today or really as soon as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, so, so perhaps on a slightly different point, and I said I would come back to it, but I so, um, you know, I think, as you said, the war has prompted you to reset your legal and compliance team's priorities and objectives. Do you want to tell us a bit more about this? Well, um, <clears throat> in uh, many areas, we surprisingly or not, we see that priorities and objectives are the same. Uh, we have a mission in uh, our legal and compliance team, which is enable and protect, just two words, but you can imagine the huge meaning, uh, huge sense behind these two words. And even the order of these words is important and is meaningful to us. It's not protect and enable, it's enable and protect. Right. It was before the war, enable means enable business success, enable projects, enable sales, enable KPIs and so on. And protect means protect uh, uh, company assets, company rights, company reputation. Uh, 
Now it is still actual enable and protect. There are some things which are added here. So now we are also enabling donations, enabling humanitarian aid, enabling special projects which were introduced uh, during this uh, wartime. And we are also protecting people now because, for instance, we do, we contribute on the volunteering basis, we are contributing to evacuation of people. So this is also protection and uh, our mission in a way, our priorities are still the same. We have to do differently. We have to adjust. We have to add some priorities. We have to add some activities. But overall, uh, and this is a good news to me, it is the same. Really, really interesting, Natalia. Uh, so uh, as a GC, you know, still talking about your team and you know the people that you, because also you have to enable and protect your team, I suppose. Um, as a GC, how do you get your legal team? How do, you, how do you get them involved in this time of crisis? And how do you keep your team members motivated? In terms of motivation, uh, first of all, we do have incredible support from our company. I have joined Nestle relatively recently, just a bit more than one year ago. But I'm really happy that I, uh, I am here in the moment of the war. Um, Nestle is really taking care of uh, people's safety. And this is not a routine. It's not just like you know, some parole, parole, parole. It's real, real commitment and real check. It's real must have for all line managers, for all people in the company. Then uh, we've got incredible support in evacuation in the moment when we were moving from our homes some of us were moving abroad and we uh, had the program and we still have it nestle which is called ukraine we care so company is providing financial support as well to everyone uh, who is moving and who had to leave their homes uh we are paying is that, salary is that nestle or your business partners sorry to interrupt no, no, it's a, it's Nestle company. Okay. Nestle is a company towards Ukrainians uh, as employees. Uh, we are paying salaries despite not everyone is uh, busy at work, let's say. As I mentioned, Kharkiv factory is not working. So people are actually not at work, but we are paying 100% of salaries. We pay bonuses, annual bonuses or bonus, which uh, we, we earned in 21. We even did annual salary review. So this is not typical, I, I must say, in this uh, specific uh, time. Yeah. Then we do uh, a lot of donations. And this is also very much motivational. And it's, uh, I, I, I see your question, you asked about the legal team, but we are the part of the business, you know, and yeah, we sure. are the same people as other business functions. And this is for us critically important. So uh, the uh, commitment of the company to support uh, Ukrainians is uh, 15 million Swiss francs. This is huge, enormous amount. And this is not the end, I'm sure. This is my personal opinion that uh, Nestle uh, really will go beyond uh, even this uh, money. And this also motivates a lot to, to contribute. You know, when you contribute 
not just to business, but to something bigger, to something social, to support of your country, to support of your people, to support of your colleagues, you also can go beyond your human strengths, your human uh, potential. We also have a lot, a lot of heroic stories. For instance, in our Kharkiv uh, factory, our employees uh, were loading trucks with our products, noodles, just under the shelling. So it's it's like you, you can see this on TV. And uh, when you look at this, it's so much inspirational. You really can work day and night just you know, to, to, to support these people and to help them and also to contribute a little bit at least to, to this uh, mission. Really, that's very, very interesting, Natalia. Uh, on, a, on a different topic, uh, have you been in contact with legal teams from other companies in other countries, you know, even including private practice law firms? Do you know if they continue to work normally or do, uh, do you continue to collaborate with them? And what sort of conversations have you had with them lately? So, of course, we have some informal network of uh, general counsels uh, in Ukraine. And we had our ketchup, uh, informal ketchup, just recently. Of course, the first question is, how are you now? How are yeah. you? Are you safe? Are you alive? And uh, then we have discussed uh, um, what's important for us in terms of work. So damages, compensation, programs which company have, some labor topics, and so on and so forth. But uh, what was uh, very important to me personally, I have noticed that these uh, conversations are not at all about competitions. We are not competitors there. We are not representatives of our companies. We are more and more partners, colleagues, friends. So all of them, at least from my network, all of them are working majority okay. are in ukraine some uh, somebody abroad somebody in western part of ukraine but everybody is working and everybody is now so much open to help uh, so solidarity now is probably the the key word for us yeah i think this is a key word of, of uh, this interview really you mentioned this a few times and this is really warming to hear that really um a, a slightly Broader question, do you think this conflict uh, will have an impact on the Ukrainian legal and business ecosystem? And if so, of, of what sort? And if I may, uh, same question for Moldova, and you know, which, which is a region, which is a country under your remit and, and Europe in general. I do think it is already impacting everything. Yeah. And I am sure the life will not be the same. So we will not come back to the same shape of business, shape of uh, legislation or life in all uh, meanings. Uh, we see already now that uh, many people left Ukraine and who knows, maybe they will not return. They will yeah. maybe stay in those countries. We see that already uh, important infrastructure is uh, destroyed by Russian forces in Ukraine. Uh, many companies uh, have lost their assets. Factories are destroyed. Uh, 
many companies took uh, important decisions on the representation in the region. So it will change uh, the, the framework and it will change everything to me. The competition field will change because not everyone will be able to continue to work after such a crisis, after such uh, damages. Yeah. And uh, logistically speaking, let's say, we know that uh, Ukraine is uh, one of the biggest producers of uh, uh, food in, in Europe, or sure. even we can say in some meaning in the world. So sure. if the war will not be ended soon, uh, as many uh, specialists, many experts say that it, it will lead to the food scarcity far beyond Ukraine only. So I think that this impact uh, we can already see, it will continue, it all very much depends on the further development of, uh, of the war and uh, when it will go to end. Of course, we do the best uh, to, to stop it as soon as possible, but not everything is under our control. Obviously, yeah, okay. Uh... Uh, are you finding that there are specific challenges of working in-house for foreign multinational, multinational like Nestle in Ukraine? There are, of course, challenges, but I I, uh, I don't like the world, world uh, challenges. I would better call it opportunities. Right. And we can transform challenges to opportunities Oops. and of course there is some specificity in in multinational companies for lawyers so first of all this is a size of business and complexity it is super complex when you are newcomer in international company you are just shocked by this complexity complexity we sometimes call um, ourselves in in these uh, companies we are mit of complexity so uh, we have a lot of processes, we have a lot of procedures, we have a lot of things to learn, but also it's a chance opportunity to grow, to develop. So then you become really stronger because you learn from best practices, best processes, best people. So this is first. Second, uh, policies, rules and procedures. We are very, very, very much regulated which for someone can be the challenge or can be the uh, complexity again. But first, as lawyers, we know that uh, the reason of this and why it is uh, needed. And not only as lawyers, as uh, people from business, we see that this is what helps business to survive. This is actually what brings uh, business to sustainability. And now in current situation, in the war, we we can see how much it is important to have strong uh, processes and to have strong uh, policies. So we are able to continue to work and contribute to the society. And uh, the last, the third one, uh, probably also connected with our matrix organization, this is a stakeholders management. This is challenge and opportunity as well. So in multinational company, you never have just one boss. 
you have one boss, uh, one you, um, direct line uh, manager, then you have one of you dotted line managers, and then you have plenty of important st stakeholders with whom you have to find common denominator if you uh, present some position or defend some project or if you do your work. So you really, it, it's not easy. You, it, it's, it's an art to manage the stakeholders. However, it's a great opportunity to become an artist, to master in it. That makes sense. Uh, Natalia, uh, many other questions, uh, but I'm a bit conscious of time. So perhaps one last, last one. Um, if you have any advice to give to an aspiring general counsel in Eastern Europe, uh, what would it be and, and why? I had experience to work in Eastern Europe. Uh, we, I, I am in in Europe now. I had experience to work uh, in in Czech Republic in Prague, and I do believe that we all in many countries, uh, we lawyers have one common habit, one uh, common manner. We are very often limiting our participation in business life by just legal issues, by just legal advice. We refrain from comments in business conversations unless it is pure legal topic discussed. We react only on legal questions and so on and so forth. And I think this is a missed uh, opportunity. I think effective and successful general counsel should be the business person. He or she should, so to say, leave the business and love the law. And uh, it requires some courage. Of course, it requires efforts because you have to learn business, you have to understand the business, you have to be brave. So my advice would be, don't be afraid to jump into business. Don't be afraid to do more. Don't be afraid to do better. Don't be afraid to act beyond your call of duty. Be brave or be brave like Ukrainians. Makes perfect sense. Uh, Natalia, thank you very much for being part of this episode. That was uh, remarkably interesting. Thank you everyone for watching and we look forward to seeing you for another corporate conversation. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to the Legal 500 Corporate Conversation Series.